Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. If you have your Bibles, would you open to Isaiah 42, verse 9? We are starting a new theme for 2019. And the new theme is new things. Everybody say new things. I really believe that the word that the Lord has spoken to me about 2019 is that it's going to be a year of new things. And when I say new things, I mean we are going to go where we've never been before. We are going to see what we've never seen before. And we're going to do what we've never done before. There's new things in store for 2019. How many of you are believing for new things? I tell you, there's something exciting about new things. So let's read this verse in Isaiah 42 verse 9. It says, Behold, the former things have come to pass And new things I declare. I declare new things over you. The Word of God declares new things over you. I speak new things into your spirit, into your life, into your family. New things, godly things, amazing things, beautiful things, fresh things. I declare and I profess and I confess and I speak them into your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Then it says, before they spring forth... I tell you of them. Former things are going to pass away. New things are coming your way. How many of you know that God is a creator? So here's the the thing. Is that if he's a creator by nature and he's a creator, then he hasn't stopped creating. So we, we kind of think that he stopped creating a long, long time ago, but he's still creating now. He's that. You say, how do you know that? Even science tells us that the universe is expanding. How many of you know that? The universe is expanding. There's new stars being born. There's new galaxies being born. And that's only what we can see through our scientific uh, elements that we have available to us. There's stuff that's happening in, with God that we can't even see. But he's a creator. And so if he's creating something out there, he wants to create new things in you. And if you are bored, it's the reason you are bored is because you're not letting God do the new thing that he wants to do in your life. You should never, ever be bored. Boring, boring is a sign of not moving with God. Okay, are you awake this morning? I'm going to say it again. Boring is a sign of you not moving with God. Because if you're moving with God, life is never boring. There's always something happening. God's always doing something. And he wants to do something fresh in your life. He wants to do something new in your life. But you've got to just tell him I'm busy at the moment. If it's for me, just say, John's preaching. So he can't answer the phone. Okay, so, uh, so let, let me share with you seven new things that God wants to do in your life. That Seven new things that God wants to give you right now. Seven new things. And there's a lot more, but let me just give you seven quick ones. Seven. So first thing that God wants to do, he wants to give you that new creation reality. That 
just create you new. I know that you were created when you were born, but he wants to do a new creation in you. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. God wants to do something new, create something new in you. It's, it's a wonderful thing to be a new creation created in God's image, reflecting the image of of God to be a reflection of God's image is so powerful. That's what God's plan and design in your life was from the beginning of time that you might be a reflection of His image, a new creation. I, I love that because sometimes we can get broken and God wants to fix us, wants to put us together as a new creation. Second thing God wants to do is to give you a new heart. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, it says, I will give you a new heart. Has anybody ever had a broken heart? Well, you know what? This is what God wants to do. He wants to give you a new heart, a fixed heart, a heart that's not going through the pain and wounds of old hurts and just give you a new heart. But the new heart that God wants to give you is a heart of flesh, a heart that's soft, a heart that that pursues the things of God. I love people that have got a heart after God. How many of you want a heart after God? Because what a wonderful thing it is. How many of you remember the first time you came to a Pentecostal church and you saw people with their hands lifted up? And How many of you thought that was really weird? How many of you are doing it now? Even though you thought it was weird then, but now you're doing it. So is that peer pressure or is that because your heart has been renewed? Is it because your heart now is a heart after God and, and you just, this is it, when your heart's after God, you're just reaching out and say, God, I just want to be close to you. I want to be near to you. That's what God wants to do, was to give you a new heart. Third thing God wants to do is to give you a new spirit. And this new spirit in Ezekiel 36, uh, verses 26, talks about he wants to give you a new heart. He wants to give you a new spirit. And this spirit is, is a sweet spirit. It's a godly spirit. It's, it's a wonderful thing to have a sweet spirit. It's a wonderful thing to have a godly spirit. How many of you know people that are just constantly angry? They're just angry, angry people. They just, and it's because something's gotten into their spirit that's made them angry or made them frustrated or made them, you know, just, just people that are just mean spirited. How many of you know people, they're just mean... Don't don't put up your hand and don't nudge the person next to you either. Okay, just leave them alone. Because what God wants to do is to give you a new spirit. And can I just say to you that some of you have been exposed to a lot of junk, a lot of stuff, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, and it gets into your spirit. See, some of you had a broken heart. Some of you had a wounded spirit. And what God wants to do is to give you a new heart give you a new spirit, a heart that's not broken and a spirit that's not wounded. Hello? How awesome is that? God wants to do that. It's new things. He's got new things. The other thing that God wants to do is to give you a new mind. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. A new mind. A mind that is aligned with God thinking. I love that. You know what? You know, people accuse us of brainwashing people. And I say, yes. I actually say, of course we do. We just get dirty minds and we clean them. Uh, 
we brainwash people. We wash their brains. And the fact is that every philosophy, every teaching, every worldview is trying to get you into their way of thinking. Everybody's trying to do it. you got to choose who you're going to align with. And here it is right here. I've chosen or I'm going to align myself with God's word. Why is that? Because heaven and earth will pass away, but not one word from this book will fall short. I'm telling you, if you're going to align yourself with anything, don't align yourself with the philosophies of this world that constantly change. Align yourself with the word of God that never changes. And when your mind is renewed according to the word of God, you're going to have a healthy mind. You're going to have a happy mind. Oh my goodness, there are some sick minds out there. There's some sick thinking out there, but anything that's aligned to God's word is never sick. It is incredibly healthy. God wants to give you a new mind. He wants to give you new creation, a new heart, a new spirit, a new mind. What else does God want to give you? He wants to give you new strength. Oh, my goodness. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We get weary in life. Maybe some of you are here in church this morning and it's only the sixth day of 2019 and you're already weary. It's like, mate, that's a bad sign (laughs) if you're weary at the beginning of the year. But here it is. You've come to the right place because God wants to give you new strength and he is here to give you new strength. And if you wait upon that, that word wait means to entwine yourself with God. It means to wrap yourself around God. When you wrap yourself around God, your strength will be renewed. You'll mount up with wings like eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. How awesome it is to have new strength. Here's another thing that God wants to give you is new hope. 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 Everybody say hope. You know, we need hope in our lives. We become incredibly weary when there is no hope. When, when it's... You know, when you lose hope, you become incredibly weary. When, when people are stuck and they can't see a way out, they lose hope. What God wants to do is unstick you and give you hope. And Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. He's God's desire to give you a future and a hope. See, what happens with a lot of people, they look at their situation and they say, I've got no future and and it's hopeless. And God says, never say that. And I'm declaring right now, stop saying you have no future and it's hopeless. Stop saying that. But John, I'm looking at my situation and it looks hopeless. It may look hopeless, but your hope is not in what you see. Your hope is in what God says. And God says, I want to give you new hope. And when your hope is in me, then you have a future. So God wants to give you new hope. We're going to expand this later on in the year. The seventh thing that God wants to give you is a new commandment, a new commandment, you know, just, and every, every commandment is wrapped up in this one. It's that you love one another as I have loved you. John 13, 34, Jesus said to his disciples, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. And, and if you can just wrap it up with loving God, loving people, everything else falls into place. But what about the people that have hurt me? Love them as well. I, John, I can't do that. That's right. 
When you make the decision you can't, you won't. But if you make the decision I can, then you will. And so everything's based on your decision. And if you let your emotions run your decisions, then you can never fulfill the new commandment. It's when you command your decisions to fall in line with the word of God. It's amazing what you can do. And sometimes you need to speak to yourself and say, Saul, this is what God wants us to do. And this is what we are going to do. Emotion, fall in line to what the word of God says. And, and you snap yourself out of some things. It's an amazing thing. Okay, so that's just the intro just to give you some clues of some of the new things. And you know what? There's so many more. I've just given you seven quick ones, but there's just so many more new things and new accomplishments, new visions, new dreams. new. And, and when we come into Vision Sunday in February, I'm going to tell you some of the visions that God's given us for our church and just the amazing things that over the next 10 years, God's going to help us to accomplish. But I want to move into the second half of the message which is very powerful. And the second half is what we need to do in order for new things to come into our lives. So there's, I want, I want to share with you right now, there are four blockages that will block new things happening to you. Even though God wants the new things, we can block the new things if you're not aware of these four blockages. How many of you want to know what these four blockages are? You do? Okay. I'm so glad that you do. So the Bible says that in order to get the new thing, we have to let go of former things. And so there are certain things that we need to leave behind. So there are four things that we need to leave behind that I want to talk to you about. The first thing that we need to leave behind are familiar things. Familiar things is what keeps you where you are. And so if you want to move ahead, you have to let go of the familiar things. How many of you have ever been to a circus or Circus Soleil and you see the trapeze artists? How many of you have seen the trapeze? Aren't they amazing? It's like, oh my goodness. But the exciting thing of the trapeze artist is not the swing that they're on. The exciting thing for us is when they let go of the swing and they're hanging in midair doing their somersaults and their twirls. How many, of you, how many of you think that's exciting? Because they know that there is going to be another trapeze to catch them and move them on. So they let go of one trapeze to grab hold of another one. And that's the excitement in life is letting go to grab hold. Problem with us is that we're too scared to let go to grab hold. And there are certain things that we need to leave. There are certain things that we get familiar with that we've got to let go of. In order to be able to let go of it, um, we've got a lot of fear because we get comfortable with where we are. It's just, it's just human nature to become comfortable with where you are. But you know what? If, you, if you're starting to get bored, it's probably because God's telling you to let go of something and you're not willing to let go of it and you just hang on because you're... You're familiar with it. You're comfortable with it. Can I just say that everything that I've ever done in life that has brought excitement in my life is when I've let go, I, I let go of something familiar. I can still remember in June 
of uh, 1995 when we were pastoring a church on the other side of Sydney, doing incredibly well, but God saying, John, that chapter is finished and there's a new chapter. And God spoke to me out of Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. It's a story of Abraham, where Abraham um, was very comfortable in his city, Ur of the Chaldees, moved to Haran with his father. And, and, and God spoke to him and said, you need to leave where you are to go to another place in order to get hold of the promises that I have for you. And I can still remember so clearly how God defined it to me out of Genesis chapter 12, just in three simple statements. He said, leave what you know to go to what you don't know to receive an inheritance you don't have. And so, so I had no idea that God's whole future for me was this church. I had no idea. I had no idea that God wanted me here on the North Shore. I had no idea of all the things that God had for me. This is 23 years ago, 23 and a half years ago. And, and I can remember being very comfortable. We had a very comfortable church and it was going well and things were going well. But it was like God saying, no, your season is over here. You need to move there. And it was like, but God, I don't even know where there is. God says, don't worry, I'll, I'll take you there. You just need to let go. But God, if you can just tell me where there is and define it and draw the picture for me and define every square millimeter, I feel more comfortable. And God kept saying, just trust me. But God, I can trust you if you tell me. Hello? How many of you know what I'm talking about? And it was like, it was like, Okay, God, I'm going to let go of this trapeze and I'm going to do that triple somersault where I've got nothing but faith that you're going to catch me. And so while we were doing that triple somersault, God spoke to us and, and, and this church. It was, it was interesting because Helen Rogers is still here today. She can tell you. We, we were in the Philippines at the time and they interviewed me on the telephone. And said, so John, we're looking for a pastor and we're just wondering if you and Anna are available. Yeah, we're available, but talk to all of the other guys that you want to talk it to and, and whatever. And they finished the phone call and God spoke to them and said, this, is, this family is for this church. And so without even speaking to anybody else, they phoned me the next day and said, God spoke to us that you need to come to Chatswood. You need to come to Chatswood. And I said, well, that's a bit of a shock. I you know we were praying, but we didn't, we, we, we just didn't know exactly um, that Chatswood is where God wanted us to go, but we're open to come. Why don't you give me another week to pray about it? And so I'm praying in this new week about where the future is. And God, would you speak to me? God's saying, I've already spoken to you. But God, I, I, I need a sign. So, so I'm praying for a sign, days. And then on the Saturday, I'm playing tennis with a bunch. I mean, some of you know this story, but there's a whole bunch that don't know this story. I'm playing tennis with a bunch of lecturers. I was in the Philippines at APTS, Asia Pacific Theological Seminary. I was studying for my Master of Ministry and I was playing with the, the, um, the lecturers and I didn't have a tennis racket, so I went 
to the place where you hire tennis rackets. And so I hired this tennis racket to play. Someone hit the ball into the weeds and, and so someone went chasing the ball. And so I'm praying, Lord, would you give me a sign about going to Chatswood? I picked up this tennis racket that I'd hired and in big letters on the side of this tennis racket are the words, Wilson Sports Store, Chatswood. It's like God was saying, okay, if you need a sign. So I go to Anne and I said, Anne, you would not believe. You know how we're praying about going to Chatswood? I was playing tennis with the lecturers. I hide the tennis racket from, and I said, Anne, look what's written on the tennis racket in big letters, Chatswood. So Anne says, well, God's spoken to you. No needs to speak to me. <laughs> so, so this is Saturday. On the Sunday, we are going off to do this trek up in the backwater of the Philip. We're talking mountain villages. We're talking no running water, no toilets, no nothing. And so we're out doing this, this open-air meeting and these people gather around Anne and this man walks up with a jacket on and she's praying, Lord, give me a sign. A jacket on. We're talking backwater, Philippines, no running water, no toilets. And this man walks up with a jacket and written on the jacket is... Royal North Shore Hospital. (laughs) And it's like Anne saying, well, that's my sign, without even knowing that it was the Royal North Shore Hospital that Anne studied her chaplaincy and ends up through the Royal North Shore Hospital launching Chaplaincy Australia. How many of you know that God is awesome? God is amazing. He's got it all together. He's got it all together for you. But you need to let go. And that's what we've done. We let go. We were, in, we were doing this triple somersault midair, not knowing what our future held, except that God held our future. God caught, catches us in 23 years of amazing ministry here. And, and you know what? It's just getting better. We're not slowing down. We're speeding up. So you've got to leave some things behind. You've got to leave the familiar things, the comfort zones behind. Here's another thing that you've got to leave behind. You've got to leave your hurts behind. Everybody say, you've got to leave your hurts behind. If you want the new things, you've got to leave your hurts. Oh, my goodness. How many of you know that when a baby is born in this world, you know the baby is born. Why? Because the baby cries. You're born crying. Did you know that, that you're born crying? And you spend most of your life crying. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. But you know what? The Bible says that at the end of all, he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And so crying is for this world, not for the next one. So hurts are going to come your way. It's part of the package deal. How many of you have been hurt in the past? Give me a wave. Of course you have, every single one of you. Some of you are hurting right now. But I'm going to prophesy. There's hurts in your future as well. It's the way that it is. Okay, here it is. How many of you got children? Let me tell you about children. How many of you want to have children one day? Let me tell you about children. (laughs) Children have the capacity of giving you the greatest joy... Children have the capacity of giving you the greatest pain. It's life. 
It's life. I'm telling you, it's life. How many of you are married? How many of you want to be married? Okay. Let me, give it a, let me tell you again. Your spouse has the potential of giving you the greatest joy. Your spouse also has the potential of giving you the greatest pain. This is life. This is life. You know, the thing with, with spouses and kids is that we're committed. With people, we can just walk away. But there are certain things that we can't walk away from and it creates a lot of pain and hurt. Then we've got significant people in our lives. And significant people, you know, whether it be a pastor, a school teacher, um, someone that you respect, significant people, their words are very powerful. And significant people can say things that either build you up or pull you down. And sometimes significant people, without thinking, can say things that cut your heart. But you've got a choice whether you're going to carry those hurts or whether you're going to let go of those hurts. It's just the fact is that, that hurts happen in life. Life is full of hurts. But you determine whether you're going to keep carrying them or whether you're going to let go of them. You know, if you look at a person that seems supposedly happy, it's not because they haven't had any hurts. It's because they've learned to deal with it. How are you doing with that? You know, are you one of those people that people are avoiding because they just don't know what sort of a mood you're going to be in today? Because if that's the case, it's connected to unresolved hurts. Unresolved hurts. You know what? As a pastor, I've had to deal with a whole bunch of hurts in my life. And that's what's kept me in the ministry so long. Because I've dealt with it. Because let me tell you, there's lots of situations that arise in ministry that are connected to hurts in the past. Let me illustrate. Some of the hurts that I've had growing up in a migrant family in Australia that was nowhere near as multicultural back in the 60s as it is today. Nowhere near. Uh, what, what you've got to understand is that during the Second World War, the Australians actually went to war with the Italians. So there was, during the Second World War, there was war in North Africa and Mussolini and the Italians actually, you know, the rats of Tobruk and, and all that sort of stuff between war. Then halfway through the war, the Italians decide, we've had enough, we want to go home, and they change sides. <laughs> now, see, see, most people think that's really smart when your side is losing, change sides. <laughs> not, not people from a British background, they see that as, you know, you, that's... that's abandoning that's um, desertion anyway we just wanted to you know Italians really weren't interested in war they just wanted to make love and drink wine and that was it go home and uh, and and so but there was a resentment especially with some of the old um, mindsets there was a resentment against Italians and so during the 50s and 60s there was a lot of resentment against Italian people. Everybody loves Italians now because we brought in spaghetti to Australia and spaghetti bolognese is Australia's favourite food at the moment. So um, followed very, very quickly by Asian food as well. But the point that I'm making is this, is that I grew up with a lot of bullying 
And bullying creates a lot of rejection. And so I had to deal with the hurt of bullying and rejection because if I wasn't able to do that, I would never last in the ministry. Why is that? Because in ministry, people come and people go. Oh, my goodness. People come and people go. And if you, if you create that as rejection when people go, it's like they've left because they hate me. They've left because I'm no good. They've left because I'm a bad pastor. They've left and so you take it to heart and all of a sudden you become weird. So you never get close to people in case they walk away from you. And so it creates all sorts of angst and all sorts of crazy things. Hurts hurt you and they hurt the people that you love. And so you've got to resolve it. You've got to let it go. And so there's stuff in your past that you've got to let go if you want the new things because hurts will block you. Here's another thing that will block you is sin. Sin will block you. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, It says that we need to let go. We need to let go of the sin that so easily ensnares us. There's something that we call the besetting sin. There's something that is our trip point that trips us up. Every single person is different. And you've got to analyze what it is in your life. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 talks about this. There's there's something that is like your trigger point, the thing that ensnares you, the thing that the enemy knows is your weak point and that can stop you moving into the new thing. What, what's, what's yours? You've got to analyse it. You've got to confess it to somebody so that you protect it, that it doesn't become your weak spot. I had to look at it into my family. In my family, I found that there were three things that were part of my family heritage they were like a generational they were like a generational thing that I had to make sure it didn't come into my life and they were this they were there was like a spirit of negativity there was the negative word always negative word the glass is always half empty not half full I had to overcome that it was a besetting sin another one was a spirit of poverty didn't matter didn't matter how much money my forefathers made they were never able to keep it there was always poverty over the family I had to break that and another one was immorality. There was always immorality here, there, and the air. So I had to expose those three things in my bloodline, in my family line, so that I actually protected myself from those besetting sins. And when I look around, my family, my cousins, my relatives, they all have those three things very clearly. So what's yours? You've got to analyze it. You've got to work it out so that you can protect yourself from it. It doesn't become a blockage to the new thing. And number four, the fourth blockage is fear. Fear is a blockage. Fear is a, you've got to leave it behind. you just got to say, that's it. I don't want fear to control my life. So, so fear is always painting your picture ahead of you, but it's the negative picture. And the negative picture is the, is, is the picture of destruction. And so if you're prone to worry, it's because Fear has grabbed your life. And so you're painting a picture of your future of every bad thing that could happen. And all of a sudden you start to worry. You start to stress. And so it stops you from moving ahead. Worry and stress and fear controls your decision making. And you can't move into the the faith that God wants for your life because fear is controlling you. 
Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that it's a spirit. God has not given you a spirit of fear. And so if you're looking into your future and you're being controlled by negative thoughts and destruction and death and devastation, it's a spirit. And you've got to rebuke and do warfare with that spirit so that you can walk in faith. Because if you want the new things, not only must you leave some things behind, but you need to walk by faith. You need to walk by faith. That's the second point. Walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. You've got to walk by faith. And faith is focusing on what God says. Faith is drawing a picture of what God says about you. So you've you got a choice in life, whether you're going to project ahead and see all the bad things that can happen to you because that will stop you from the new things. Or you project and you see all the good things that God has said over you, the prophecies that God has made over your life. And you start to say, Lord, I, I'm not going to walk by sight. I'm going to walk by faith. I know that sight says not to do this. You know, we, we would never have built this building if it was based on sight. It was all by faith. It was all, we would have never done what we've done for missions if it wasn't you know, by looking ahead and saying, God, with God saying this, I'm with you in all this. So we're not going to stop now and say, now we've gotten comfortable, we're going to stay where we are. We're going to move forward. But we move forward by faith. Can I just tell you that faith always requires you to do something beyond your ability. If you can do it by yourself, it's not faith. It's flesh. It's when you can't do it in your strength that it's faith. And it's, it's saying, God, if you don't turn up, I'll never be able to do this. And God says, that's faith because I don't want you to do life without me. I need the God factor in your life. And the God factor is make your plans bigger than what you're able. Someone once said, if God is on your side, don't make your plans small. If God is for you, don't dream small dreams. Begin to see that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that you ask or think. Where's the God factor in all this? Is there a God factor? Oh God, but I'm looking at my future and this isn't going to happen and that's not going to happen. Listen, listen, that's fear. And that won't get the new things in your life. Faith says, if God is on my side, then he's going to turn things around. He's going to turn things around. If God is on your side, grab his hand and enjoy the ride. Come on. You know, there's got to be times where, where you kind of feel a little bit intimidated and say, God, can I hold your hand? Can I hold your hand? I'll never forget. Uh, you can come up, Sam, if you can. I'll never forget. We... Our bass player, when I was pastoring in Campbelltown, came out of a heavy metal band. He had hair down to his waist. He had a beard. He used to, you know, just play bass really strongly. But he'd never been on a flight before. He'd never been on a plane before. And I remember taking him to India um, on his first missions trip, first time on a plane. And this big, heavy metal dude, lovely Christian guy, was scared spitless. I mean, as, as the, 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 the plane is, is revving up on, on the runway, he's perspiring. And I'm looking at him and, he, and I says, Dave, are you okay? And he says, no, I'm not. And I said, what's the matter, Dave? He says, I'm scared. 
I says, it's okay. I've flown plenty of times. It's gonna... Then he looks at me and he says, can I ask a favour? And I said, yeah, sure, Dave. What is it? He says, can I hold your hand? <laughs> so I look around the plane and <laughs> I says, there you go, Dave. So he grabbed hold of my hand and, and I was looking whether anybody was looking. And, but he just felt safer because he was holding the pastor's hand. He just felt safer. And sometimes when we're scared, we just need to look to someone bigger than us. And you say, God, can I hold your hand? And he holds your hand. He wants to hold your hand. I want to say to you, there are things that you need to let go of in order to grab hold of. And it's scary to let go of some things. It's scary. But he promised that he'd never let you down. He promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. He promised that he'd be with you right to the end. He promised that that good work that he started in you, he would complete. He's there for you. He's never going to let you down. Would you grab hold of his hand and enter 2019 with faith that he's never going to let you down? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.